0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill. This is show number 141, released on September 28th, 2016. My name is Steve Eunice and I'm joined by my good friend, Scotty V. Hey, Scotty.
1: Hello, Steve, and everyone listening. How's it going?
0: Going well. It's uh, September's, I don't know, it seems like it's a four-week month, I think it is, so it kind of came around a little bit quickly, but there's so much that happened in September, it just seems a little bit crazy.
1: It's packed right now with uh, Superman stuff, for sure, and uh, uh, if anybody has been saying, oh, now we don't have anything until another movie or something comes out, um, I mean, it's been almost non-stop with Mm. Stuff. I mean, info from the movies, from people's agents, from movies, from television, from comics, from just everything. It's uh, it's a, kind of been a nonstop super month.
0: Yeah, indeed. So uh, let's get into what we have to talk about this month, and we always start with movies. So let's go with with that. And uh, as you mentioned, Henry Cavill's manager confirmed that a standalone Superman film is indeed underway, um, that he's uh, you know, involved and in working on that. Um, I'll read you the exact quote. Um, I'm just trying to quickly get to it. It says, uh, Danny Garcia, Henry Cavill's manager, confirmed that a standalone Superman film is in active development at Warner Brothers. Uh he says, uh, he, Henry Cavill has a big appetite. We've been in a five-month period of time where he's re strategizing acquiring property for his production company, Promethean. He's filming Justice League now. He's in development for the Superman standalone. He's beginning to expand that world. It's beautifully teed up. In a year from now or two years from now, he's going to be a force globally. So I don't know if that's, you know, that last part may be just uh, Garcia, you know, kind of uh, pushing uh, Henry's, um, uh, tooting his horn, if you like. But, uh, you know, he's in development with the Superman standalone. He's beginning to expand that world
1: that's uh great news obviously for everyone who really enjoys henry cavill as the man of steel and myself included so far i have uh felt uh even if the films themselves are a little on the down side a little on the depressing side a little uh, dark um i think that henry cavill is just spot on and i think he's done a great job so even if they uh move forward as we have the announcement that uh, we're going to see a more hopeful and optimistic future for DC Films uh, as has been uh, I guess officially stated by uh, Warner and DC or whatever Uh, uh, even if that does happen in my mind we still got the right Superman for that job in Henry Cavill.
0: Yeah agreed I think Henry Cavill is doing a great job both on film and and off uh, on the sidelines with everything that he says and these comments and the, you know the the um, promotions that he does, the fundraisers and and uh, charitable works that he does, uh, and you know everything he he just seems to be embracing the everything that is involved with being Superman uh, for this new generation and uh, my hat goes off to him for for doing all that kind of stuff because it 's not an easy job there's a lot that has to go with it. people expect you to be a certain way to say certain things. And you're a role model both on and off the screen when you take on the role of Superman. So it's uh, it's not an easy job, uh, but he seems to be doing it uh, to a T. Well,
1: I think he's been the poster for hopeful and optimistic in terms of uh, the guy that he is outside of uh, being Superman on film posing with fans and uh showing up for as you say these charity events and uh and just being all smiles and happy and uh really embracing the role as you say uh, on on screen and off so yeah. uh just uh, it works for me as far as him being the man of steel and uh this new hopeful and optimistic future that we have coming uh, I guess in the future, mm. uh, I couldn't look brighter with uh, than with Henry Cavill. I think.
0: Yeah, indeed. And uh, as you mentioned, that uh, those words hopeful and optimistic. That's the the line being touted by Jeff Johns and John Berg, uh, the senior creatives uh, at DC Films, who are you know first and foremost looking at the Justice League movie uh, in front of us. And uh, they've talked about um, with the Wall Street Journal. About, um, you know, people have been thinking that the DC films are gritty and dark, and that's what makes them different. But Jeff John says that couldn't be more wrong. He said uh, DC characters are supposed to be hopeful and optimistic, have, and have a hopeful and optimistic view of life. Even Batman has a glimmer of that in him. If he didn't think he'd make tomorrow better, he'd stop. So uh, they're definitely looking at making these upcoming films uh, a bit lighter, I think, with, in their tone. Uh, I think John Berg's also stated that uh, they, you know, uh, we've accelerated that that element of the sto- of the story in the Justice League film to get to the hope and optimism a little faster. Well,
1: I think there. I, I'm of two minds on this, and and one is obviously uh, we all know that uh, Superman, first and foremost, is supposed to be about brightness and hope and positivity in in the face of uh you know great adversity and and we certainly have seen great adversity through two movies with uh, Superman and he's had a hard time and the world itself has looked pretty miserably on him and so i think in that element he took it pretty well and still did the right thing and still was that positive force in the end even if he was a little down while doing it but on that same token seeing him uh, somehow even after dying and coming back to life uh being even more of a hopeful and optimistic force would be good now we don't know where they're going to take superman as far as this hopeful and optimistic new tone but uh generally speaking he's the number one guy in terms of being hopeful and and being someone that people look to when they need inspiration Mm. so uh, hopefully uh, he gets to be one of the people who carry that torch now the the other part of that to me is that this is uh, Jeff Johns and whoever else's answer to we failed at what we were attempting to do. And yes, uh, the the tone is what makes the DC films different. And if you suddenly start going down the path of Suicide Squad and closer to the feel of the Marvel movies, then you have something uh, different than what you were originally doing and more the same of what is already being done. So I am worried and at the same time, to use the word again hopeful that we will still see the feel that we have seen thus far but but with it maybe being a little brighter uh, in tone because obviously uh, they're answering to the critics uh, to the critical fans to the people who have been complaining from the beginning that these films are too dark and they don't feel like superhero movies
0: mm, indeed so uh that's where some of those comments are coming from and now with the Justice League movie, they uh, have been filming in London and uh, uh, you know, in studios and things that we know of. But now they're moving to Iceland uh, next month and the month after uh, to a, a little town, I guess, called, and I'm going to stuff up this, I'm sure, but it, uh, it's called Djupavik or Djupavik. Uh, it's a village that only has two permanent inhabitants. Uh, most of the year but uh, when the warmer months in summer come around the population does grow but uh the production for justice league is expected about a crew of 200 people will be moving in there uh, to start shooting the film uh around that area certain uh the hotel jupavik is being uh, rented for the movie makers as is uh, a cruise ship in the fjord for the actors and, and staff to live in so uh Over October and November, they will be shooting in Iceland for Justice League. Now, when
1: you mentioned that there are only two inhabitants to the village uh, most of the year, uh, is that because it's snowy, cold, icy? Uh, generally, we think of Iceland as being snowy, but we know that it's actually more green yeah. uh, than Greenland. Uh, but uh, is it is it snowy and icy and really cold there, or is it just uh, inhospitable? Uh, is it stormy? Do we know?
0: I just think it's a remote area. I just don't think that it's. I think it's just a small village that you know, just the the main people that uh, keep up the hotel i guess stay there uh during those winter months when you know they don't get uh any tourism or anything like that so i think it yeah i think it's just for its remoteness
1: okay because i had just had a thought you know maybe it's a uh, i always am looking for the superman angle and looking for the uh uh, i've wanted a fortress since the Ah, beginning and we don't have one yet so i'm kind of uh, and obviously, the ice fortress in the Arctic was a uh, Richard Donner thing, and we mm. may not even go down that road. So uh, there are many different versions of the, of the fortress, and it doesn't need to be in the Arctic. And we may not even get one in this film series. But that was just a thought that I had. And then, of course, we have the cruise ship. So maybe that's part of the film. I don't. I don't know exactly. But it's always exciting when they're, you know, these big productions. It must cost a ton of money to do
0: these sorts of things oh, and, yeah. and film it. And, uh, remote locations.
1: You know, yeah, so so far away, and and, and just a, a giant crew to take there, and rent a cruise ship, and rent a whole whole hotel, and and do this. I think that's why a lot of these budgets for the for the blockbusters you know sometimes spiral out of control because you i see fan films online where the effects look just as good as things i see in the in the theater but those fan films obviously don't cost 200 million dollars so you know about the travel and the size of the crew and you know actual on location shots and the things they're doing uh, really make these films uh large in scope yeah and that's i think what (laughs) i think that's where the budget goes these days you know it used to be effects cost a lot of money yeah no, but now everything's gotten smaller and and the ability to create things in a much smaller space and and have them believable is uh just like even on television now mm. it just seems so much better the same kinds of things that they could never do on lois and clark they're doing on a regular basis on supergirl and and the flash and things like that and it looks pretty good
0: yeah indeed now uh the other thing about the movies and there's only one other small thing that we want to talk about and that's this tribute that supposedly was thrown into Joe Shuster, Superman's co-creator, uh, in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, uh, Zack Snyder has confirmed that a broken window of all things was broken in the shape of the um, province of Ontario in Canada. Uh, if you look on the map, that's the shape, and that's the shape that the window was broken in. It's a very obscure, very uh, just you know out of left field kind of, uh, tribute, but, uh, someone mentioned on Twitter that, you know, it happened to look like the map of Ontario, Canada, which is where Joe Schuster was born in Canada. Um, and supposedly Zack Snyder has responded with finally someone noticed. Uh, so yes, uh, it's indeed, uh, a tribute to Joe Schuster as obscure and bizarre as that may be. But, um, there you have it. Uh, if you're going to have a tribute to Joe Schuster, well, why not a broken window? So it's a it's a strange one, but uh, look, you know that's uh, that's Zach Snyder for you. You know he does these little things. There are thousands, not thousands, but there are literally dozens of different little. Um, Easter eggs that are thrown into the film, you know Superman comics, Batman comics thrown on a table somewhere, but a broken window, a tribute to Joe schuster, who would have thought uh,
1: now are we are we of the mind that we' that we 're completely buying this and that he meant to put it there, and that it wasn 't an accident and it didn 't happen to look that way and uh because the guy still won't admit and and you don't agree with me that he absolutely put Christopher Reeves face in Man of Steel um and here he is admitting that some broken glass might look like a province of Ontario <laughs>
0: well yeah I don't know I mean you, you, who knows Zack Snyder's mind I mean the guy you know is one of a kind um so you know uh, if he says it's there and it's a, it's a weird shape for a window to break in Uh, And it does look very, very similar. It does. But, um, yeah, I mean, geez, who would have picked it?
1: (laughs) Who's even going to notice it, really? I mean... Uh, some people, I've seen some people online say, pretty damn obvious, I saw it the first time I saw the movie. I mean, okay, uh, uh, well, good for you, I yeah. guess.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to have seen maybe a street sign or the name of a bus station or something, you know, the Street or something like that, It'd just a bit more obvious, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to TV world, where there's been a lot going on this past week, especially Uh, in regards to what's happening with Season 2 of Supergirl, which uh, straight off the bat we'll say premieres on the CW October 10th at 8pm. So uh, if you're uh, hanging out, it's only days away. Uh, We have a number of promos and trailers and videos and things that have been released uh, for uh, this second season. First off, we had a very quick um, promo of Supergirl taking off very reminiscent of both Smallville takeoff that Clark Kent did, and the Man of Steel takeoff uh, you know, for the first time with you know the the, the, world, the wind kind of swirling around, uh, the indentation in the ground, that kind of stuff. Um, and then we had uh, a preview clip of Superman and Supergirl um, working together to save this space plane, uh, which again is a very you know Superman thing to do, saving these kinds of things. And then we had a trailer for Season 2 of Supergirl, which shows some clips of different things. There's a LexCorp in there. There's an explosion behind uh, a podium. There's um, all manner of things going on. I think Miss Martian kind of gets a glimpse in there. So a lot to look forward to. Some really great stuff here. I'm really, really impressed with what I'm seeing.
1: It's pretty exciting, and they are ramping it up pretty heavily. We're uh, a little over... Uh, we're almost uh, two weeks, I guess, out from when it premieres, and I guess they're really uh, hitting us hard with the promos, which is interesting because uh, both The Flash and Arrow, which uh, are fairly successful for the network, uh, I, and we don't obviously cover them the way we cover uh, Superman and Supergirl stuff, but I haven't seen any promos for those shows. Uh, I don't even know if they're out there, but yeah, usually. They are. They're a try They do come across, and I I have not seen them, but uh, maybe that's because of the sites I visit and the (laughs) the one I work for uh, doing Superman stuff. I'm just seeing all of these photos and galleries and uh, trailers, and uh, it's very exciting. And yes, we have the shirt rip, and yes, we have a lot of smiling, and yes, we have a lot of positivity, and there's a lot of action. and uh, They're both flying around, and they're teaming up, and there's a little bit of cheese Which, uh, you know, goodness knows, people have been clamoring for. So here we go. Uh, But I'm excited. I like this. I loved Supergirl. It was a little bit cheesy, but it was also very, uh, it had a lot of heart. And it was very positive and inspirational for for young people and, and adults alike. And uh, I think adding Superman, obviously, uh, for guys like us is a, is a big part of the excitement. And, um, uh, you know, as you have seen or not on my Great Scott videos of late, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the casting of uh, Tyler Hoechlin after seeing him in action and in the costume you know i did say at the very beginning that he looked the part he was muscular he was in good shape and he is uh but as i've mentioned he's a very small guy he's diminutive i think he comes up to about kara's calves uh but uh uh, he's uh he's definitely got the positivity down um i'm not thrilled about the bumbling clark kent thing but uh that's what they want to do, so uh here we here we go. a different version, and I have said, even with comics and 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 the animated stuff and movies and everything else, I like as many versions and as many stories about Superman as we can get so uh this is another look at it, kind of a, less a different version and more a copy of the Christopher Reeve version from what it looks like but um uh, but I'm looking forward to watching it
0: yeah i'm impressed with the with Tyler Hoechlin's performance so far. I like seeing him as Clark Kent. I like the fact that there are the reactions that people are having to him in the in the trailers you know Cat Grant you know freaking out that Car knew Clark and you know trying to uh impress him we've got um Alex telling Kara that her cousin smells great. And you've got Wynn absolutely, uh, you know, having a fangasm as far as being, you know, uh, in front of Superman and <laughs> asking him how he shaves. And it seems to be an important thing because Tyler Hoechlin, doesn't matter how clean shaven he is, always seems to have a four o'clock shadow. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, I think uh, if it were me, my question would be, I just I thought you'd be taller. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no one seems to care about that. I mean, if I were Wynn, uh, and as Kara already is, I'd be more impressed with James. But uh, they all seem to be taken with this tiny Superman guy. So uh, it's interesting for me. Uh, because, in my real life, you know i kinda I, i'm fairly tall, but I kind of fade away when other men come into the room, and uh I feel like that would happen with a uh, uh with a diminutive man like uh uh our Superman here on the supergirl show, but it doesn't seem to be going that way, so I guess uh he's more impressive than he looks
0: well, to be fair, he's only two inches shorter than henry Cavill. uh he's six one uh, which isn't necessarily tall, tall. 6'4 is what Superman's usually, so there's an extra three inches there, I guess. But, uh, I mean, there's nowhere written that Superman has to be the tallest person in the room and nowhere written that he has to be the muscliest person in the room. He's Kryptonian. Uh, he gets his powers from, you know, from the yellow sun and from his DNA, not from his height or his muscles. So, um so but we I cast Jonah Hill as no, Superman. No, I understand. It doesn't what you, matter. <laughs> no, I understand where you're coming from. His superheroes have always been tall and muscular, and that's the way they're drawn, and that's the way you know that's what is portrayed as being superheroic. Um, You know, uh, so I, I understand where you're coming from. But um... I think
1: mostly it's just the fact that James is so manly and modely and uh, kind of dreamy and uh, Superman just kind of looks like a child uh, next to him in some of these photos to me and especially with it being the character of Jimmy Olsen it just seems way off and just like we're in a bizarro realm but uh, again different versions different mm-hmm. uh, mediums so that's what we've got here that's I think the biggest the biggest standout to me is the the the, the The comparison between those two characters in particular... No, he doesn't have to be the tallest man in the room. Uh, I've even thought, well, why couldn't a fireman be taller than him? Or why couldn't a wrestler be taller than him? Why does he have to be towering over everybody? And he doesn't. Uh, As we've already learned in the movies, Batman needed to be... They wanted to make sure Batman was bigger than him and taller than him. Which is all fine. Uh, And that kind of bothered me too. Not because... He can't be shorter than someone, but because it seemed like they were building up Batman again at the expense of tearing down Superman. But in this case, Jimmy Olsen is not usually the guy you think of when you think of someone who is more physically impressive than Superman. Mm. So that's where uh, I think most of my kind of confusion comes from. But that's where we are because that's who they cast long before Superman was ever thought of. And now we're stuck um and and uh you know the guy playing jimmy i always forget his name but does a great job with the the direction they took that character so i just would have i guess i guess i would have expected they would have tried to get someone who didn't seem so uh unimpressive next to jimmy olsen but Kyle. uh that is you know, that, that is what it is there you go yeah uh, the reason i forget his name is because it's a very unusual yeah it is i've never heard i don't think anyone.
0: i've ever heard of god nah, before me neither They're, so, uh, but speaking of Batman, just quickly, in this trailer, uh, there's a you know there's a family who gets saved by Superman after something, and the comment is, "Oh, we're moving back to Gotham now." Um, you know, in other words, Metropolis is too dangerous, which is a, a funny, it's a tongue-in-cheek comment, and it's it's quite you know a comical um, in the trailer itself. But on YouTube, on our channel where the trailer has been posted, and we've got hundreds of people watching it, and you know, many, many, many comments on it, the majority of the comments seem to be oh, they mentioned Gotham, this means Batman's in this universe, and I'm going, so what? <laughs> like here we have Superman on the screen for the first time in a long time and Supergirl's with him, and all that people can comment about is the fact that they mentioned Gotham. Like, seriously, people, big deal.
1: Well, you know, it is a shared universe when you look at the comics and all these characters all exist together, so uh, it only goes to show uh, that if they were able to do it, they would want to have all the kids, just like they're doing with Justice League in the movie version. Uh, they are all together, and they are generally in existence in the same universe. I'm still uh, unsure how they're gonna make us, you know, uh, live in the same universe where there's a guy who shoots arrows in a town that, at the end of every season, seems to be under siege by nuclear attacks and. Uh, and, you know entire armies coming in and invading and somehow superman didn't help wasn't around didn't know about it and i know we have this conversation and i seem to be the only one who says it uh every time because uh, all these characters have their own books and superman's not always there to help them with every problem but world ending events such as nuclear missiles being aimed at every city in the country uh, couldn't really happen if superman was around and i guessing I'm guessing that this is going to have something to do with flashpoint and the flash changing the universes and changing the multiverse and going back in time, uh, but then once that happens going forward it's going to be hard to have season enders uh, that 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 talk about the end of the world or even the end of an entire city when you have Supergirl and Superman in the same universe so it's it does present some issues that every time are going to have to be explained and I don't know if you can get away with. Well, this year, because Supergirl and Superman are now both so attached to their human side, they're both in a coma, and both of them have been taken under control. And now, Arrow is the only one who can save the universe from well, exploding.
0: Superman and Supergirl aren't in the same universe as Arrow and the Flash. The Flash had to come across to this universe for to have the crossover. So, unless, as you say, Flashpoint changes something in the in that capacity, uh, to date the four or five seasons of Arrow, whatever they're up to, have been in their own universe where there is no Supergirl or Superman.
1: That is true. But as I say, going forward, I yeah. assume... and. Uh, And I am just speculating that now that they're all on the CW, they're going to want to do these crossovers more often. And we already saw all four of them together in a boot shot. Mm. Um, They are going to film. And we've heard about this four part crossover and a possible musical crossover and all this stuff. So they will be in the same universe at least a number of times. And I don't know how many times you can go to that. Well, I guess you can do it as much as you want without putting them together forever. So yeah, maybe I'm jumping the gun and maybe they'll continue to be in separate universes and they won't cross paths other than the few times they have a crossover, but uh, we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, there was an official description for Supergirl Season 2 released by the CW and it reads, the CW has a new hero and she's bringing Superman with her. When a new threat emerges in National City, Kara slash Supergirl teams up with her cousin Clark Kent slash Superman to stop it. Kara is thrilled to have family in town, but it leaves Alex feeling a little bit left out. Meanwhile, Hank and Supergirl are stunned by the pod that came crashing to Earth. And the episode is directed by Glenn Winter, with a story by Greg Belanti and Andrew Kreisberg. And uh, as I said, it premieres on uh, October 10th at 8pm on The CW.
1: Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. I mean, uh, the weird thing uh, that, that that always kind of, seems weird to me is that uh, uh, they're and maybe they'll cover it. But as I said before, Supergirl was very uh, nasty and kind of standoffish and didn't want Superman around. Didn't want anybody talking about him, calling him, getting him involved, having him do anything. Uh, And his story just kind of faded away at the end of last season. Last we saw his boots were on a table. He was in a coma, no explanation as to why he still was no explanation as to why he woke up or didn't wake up or where he was at. Uh, They just kind of put him there, showed that he was weaker than Kara, and then he was gone. And now suddenly they're smiling together. They're giving thumbs up to each other. They're high fiving and they're teamed up and they're happy and she doesn't feel all, I don't want him around uh, anymore. And it's, uh, I, again, if it's explained in the story, um, they're, they're gonna, they have a lot. Lucy has a lot of explaining to do in the first, few, <laughs> in the first few minutes. Um, Uh, And for those of you who think I'm talking about Lucy Lane, that that was a I love Lucy thing that probably didn't go over all that well. I got it. (laughs) Yes, I figured you did (laughs) because you left. I love your vintage. You know, so I'm wondering uh, how they're going to cover that or if they're just going to gloss it over as we made a mistake and she never should have been that way, but we were doing the whole uh, females don't need men thing in the first
0: season. Did she ever say that she didn't want him around or that she was, you know, I don't think that was ever. I think he was leaving her to her own devices just to allow her the space well, he did he because he
1: admonished Jimmy Olsen and told them, it's my show, I don't need anyone else on my show, I'm the star of this show, and I am the boss, and I don't need... She said it many, many times, obviously didn't say it was her show, uh, but uh, especially in the episode where Jimmy called, and she would have been dead if he didn't, she made a big point of saying, I don't, I don't need anyone in here, I'm strong enough to do this myself, I don't want him around... Uh, not those exact words, but that exact sentiment. And so that's why he said, and he apologizes to her in the uh, text messaging that they're doing through the computer or whatever. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm sorry, you know, uh, I won't come around again, but if you need me, you know where I am. A lot of people I have heard online blaming Superman, saying he's not very you know he's not acting like much of a cousin he's not acting like somebody who would care about her he's not acting like his only her only family member he's ignoring her and not coming around that's not true he uh, you know didn't come because she made it clear that she didn't want him there and I'm sure Jimmy called him up and said dude I shouldn't have called you uh, uh, but I'm sorry about that you know and then he went and apologized to Kara even though he didn't really do anything wrong and as has been criticized throughout the season they were really hitting us heavy with the girl power thing and i get it it's supposed to be an inspirational strong female uh, but i don't think we need to be shown how much they don't need men in their world in order to be uh, in order for them to prove that there can be strong women I, I think that that that's kind of a backwards way of thinking that the only way that this girl can be strong and a feminine role model is if we keep away the strong male people that might be in her life otherwise. And also they would have a hard time and didn't cast anybody and weren't Mm. planning on using him to bring him in and have him there. But um, the way they did it was that she was annoyed by the idea that he would come in and overshadow her or that uh, somewhat, somehow people didn't think she was strong enough to overcome on her own. So Superman had to come and, and again, a young girl or a young teenager or somebody might feel that way, but she's a little older than that. And it seemed an immature way for her to act. And I'm just Mm. wondering if they're just going to glaze over that Mm. and they're not going to even cover that. And you didn't even read it that way. So, uh, and it sounds like a lot of other people didn't either, but my, my specific memory is of that Reactron episode where she was really pissed that he came in and saved her life <laughs> uh, yelled at Jimmy and yelled about him and, and so uh, I think she was embarrassed that she needed somebody Yeah. Um, and so he stayed away the rest of the season until I guess the whole world was going to be taken over or whatever and then he was kind of useless there but <laughs> uh, I'm wondering, I just wonder how they're going to, uh, a lot of times shows do that, they gloss over their own continuity that they created uh because it doesn't anymore mash up with what they're trying to do but um
0: uh, yeah exactly all right so uh we have had some comments from tyler hoekland about his version of superman and i know that kind of angered you a little bit uh in your uh, great scott segment he says uh it's superman as i think he was intended to be which is just an incredible symbol of hope to kids that they can do anything, that they can be good people, and that good c- people can triumph over evil. You don't have to be dark and brooding and always in a state of masculine toughness. He sits in that very hopeful and optimistic place that Kara tends to be in. Now, it, that's he, I think that's spot on. He says exactly what I think Superman needs to be. You know, needs to be hopeful, needs to be inspirational, and needs to you know show people that you can be good and that good can triumph over evil, and that uh, you don't have to be you know a tough you know, masculine kind of person to be a good superhero or a good man in any capacity. I think where he kind of maybe ticked off for some some people was that line of you don't have to be dark and brooding uh, that maybe some people thought that he was indicating the Henry Cavill version of the Superman character and that, you know, they're trying to do something different to that. So uh, I know you took it as him kind of attacking uh, the Henry Cavill Superman and uh, and perhaps having a go at that version of the character
1: well it's only I think I don't know that I've heard anybody else say it and uh, I know uh, when Zack Snyder does or says anything it gets scrutinized up and down the internet and all over the place I'm sure if Henry Cavill would say something questionable he hasn't Because he's very classy and he loves that he's involved and he wore Suicide Squad shirts and he, he, you know, he wasn't the one that drew a penis on his Suicide Squad shirt. It was somebody else from that movie. Uh, He's been very hopeful and excited and just happy to be in the universe while other people, uh, to me, seem to continually insult him. Uh, The girl playing Harley Quinn, I think it was a very classless thing she did. Uh, Maybe she thought it was funny, but she ruined his shirt. She ruined the experience. uh, And all the other people's signatures that are on there are now tainted uh, tainted by that being there. And so I don't think she should have done that. But that's something different. And we didn't talk about that. And I don't know that we're going to. But similar here, you're mentioning the one little part. and, And from my view, definitely that part. But also... Just the statement as it is, it it is true, as you say, Superman should be inspirational. He should be hopeful. He should be good for kids to see that they can accomplish anything and that they can be good people and and, and triumph over bad people. Uh, But the way it's kind of highlighted, you can be a good person and still triumph over evil. I think that that's a slight toward... And an agreement with everyone who says the Superman in the movies isn't a good person and isn't a hero and doesn't need to triumph over evil because he himself is part of the problem. And then you go into doesn't need to be dark and brooding all the time. And that's that can't be anything else than a slight at the Man of Steel movie universe. And maybe he's getting it from his directors, his writers, his other people, or maybe he's hearing it from critics. Maybe people are coming to him saying, so are you going to be all tough and dark and manly? Or are you going to be smiling and campy all the time? And he's trying to be somewhere in the middle saying, well, we're going to be hopeful. And, but even when you say, this is Superman, as I think he was always intended to be, means that somewhere there's a Superman that you think there it wasn't intended to be. And again, I tend to overanalyze and maybe I'm reading into things that He did not mean, uh, but it seems to me that he is most certainly making a comparison, if at the very least at the part where he says you don't need to be dark and brooding all the time, although I think it starts much earlier in the statement, and there's a comparison in almost every line. If you highlight at the right spot, uh, you can be good. You don't have to be dark. You you don't have to be tough and manly and serious. It's all stuff that we get in the Man of Steel movies and – it could be helpful from a marketing standpoint because I think the, it's clear to me in the ads and it's clear to me in the uniform and it's clear to me the way that they are portraying this Superman in the Supergirl universe and the Supergirl show in general that they are absolutely playing to the people who hate the Man of Steel universe because they are doing the complete opposite of that. And let's say you didn't hate it. It's a smart thing to do something different. So that you get a different flavor Mm -hmm. and possibly different people to watch who may not be watching the movie universe or who are but kind of want to see something different because why do you – you don't need to have both things. You don't need to have them both be the same. And so why not be different? But mm-hmm. it's one thing to say, and Henry Cavill said something similar to this without the knock on anybody else. Just said, he was asked, you know, are you going to do any homage to Christopher Reeve, whatever? And and his response was, uh, you know, those films are classics and Christopher Reeve and no one could ever replace him and no one could ever do what he did with the role. We're doing something different. We're doing our own thing and we hope people like it. And I think that that's really the road you should take. Um, they're choosing not to, and I see it in all the advertising, and I see it in statements people make. I've heard it from statements the writers have made, the directors have made, and now we're talking about Tyler himself making it. And again, if you're in that environment and that kind of dialogue is being spoken all the time, it just seems natural for you to say that because that's what you're learning. You're learning from your bosses on the set and the people who are training you to do what you've got to do, and that is what your version is portraying. So to him, he may not even amend it, uh, specifically against them, but the statement itself being put into his mind by those around him—if that's what has happened—is is kind of a slight against the other version. I, I, I as you say, I—that's that, the way I took it.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I can understand that, and I, I you know, it, it occurred to me as well. And I, you know, I maybe didn't take as much um, uh, negativity from it, but uh, you know, I, I can understand that. That's exactly where people think that uh, comment is leading and uh and uh you know don't uh begrudge the that you know that uh that reading into it so um yeah i definitely think there is some slight there towards the man of still filmed. but um you know whether it was intended to be as harsh or uh, you know as critical uh, i don't know but uh it's uh it's it's interesting to debate it because it's it's definitely some sentiments there and uh, and maybe that's what a lot of the people want to hear if they didn't like uh, the films, that they want to hear that there's something different being done, so uh, it is uh, an interesting comment uh, just the same Now, uh, looking at Supergirl Season 2, there's a, a bit of casting news that we can talk about uh, Deachan Lackman uh, Australian actress has been cast in the role of Roulette for Season 2 uh, She's probably best known uh, for uh, I'm trying to think about her, her uh, role as Anya in the TV series The 100 uh, not a show that I watched, but uh, I believe it was very, very popular. And uh, she'll be playing a roulette, as I said, a supervillain who operates a metahuman fight club. And um, is, uh, it says here that uh, Veronica Sinclair runs a gambling establishment for supervillains where they can bet on events such as captive superhero death matches. She generally manages to make superheroes work for her by using chips that essentially hypnotize or program them into compliance. The controls are apparently auditory in nature as they fail, as they failed to control a number of former Justice League international members after FIRE, whose native tongue is Portuguese, was not taken under by them and managed to deprogram the rest of the team. I'm guessing that, that description comes from the comic books rather than from the TV series itself.
1: Well, yeah, I, I mean, unless they're going to cover a lot of ground, <laughs> uh, I would guess uh, maybe they're just going to, uh, you know, harken back to that story yeah, from the comics and then those people who do know it. Will uh, will recognize it, and then they'll move forward from there. Uh, hey, a superhero, a metahuman fight club where people are captured and forced to battle—that's uh, something we've never seen before <laughs> on any of these TV superhero shows.
0: No, not at all. Uh, <sighs> using wrestlers sometimes. Animators.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Somebody should do that
0: sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one uh that uh we know about coming or we know that there's Monell and and Maggie Sawyer. Firstly in the in regards to Monell, um we know that uh the the, the, the executive producers are saying that Monell may be both um villain and hero, uh friend and foe as they say uh for season 2 of Supergirl. Um it's it's a a convoluted one, a little bit, I guess, because of the fact that um, you know Monel is is from Daxum, which is a, a neighbouring uh, yeah. uh, world near Krypton that was affected when Krypton blew up. Uh, they say here that you know Monel is uh, just uh, one you know one minute he's in a uh, you know in a, a space pod uh, headed to to uh, uh, headed away from Daxum and the next minute he's woken up and uh, he's he's on uh, on Earth. Uh so it's uh you know it's a very strange um awakening for him. Uh what'll happen with his powers, what'll happen with the has you know, lead poisoning that's as Monel usually does here on Earth, uh how that'll all pan out. Uh it's gonna be an interesting, I guess, long arc for this character.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know if they're gonna keep him around forever or or if he's gonna get Uh, sent back somehow or or uh, trapped in the phantom zone as he sometimes does in the comics uh, or or what's going to happen because again another superpower being that can fly around and and uh, you know in the comics for those who don't know i guess uh, superman puts him into the fortress in order to give him time because time doesn't exist there to find a cure For the poisoning that Monel is suffering from on Earth, and so uh, that's how he ends up there. And then every once in a while, he'll come out and have an adventure with Superman. This is another interesting development because, uh, like with Maggie Sawyer, uh, like with Cat Grant, like with Jimmy Olsen, Monel is also generally a Superman pal um, slash dramatic beat in superman stories and is now being um, like with reactron uh, becoming a supergirl foe or friend as you say.
0: Hm. Mm. same thing with Maggie Sawyer I guess it's you know Maggie's uh usually uh well you know um around Metropolis part of the Metropolis uh, police force there or the, the science police as it, as it's sometimes known. Uh he uh she will become an ally of Supergirl. Uh, as a detective with the Science Police, aka the division of the NCPD, that deals with anything that's outside of the ordinary, uh, Andrew Kreisberg, the showrunner, says we'll be bumping into Maggie a lot, and questions of jurisdiction will be coming up. Uh, Maggie is a strong proponent for alien rights, which is going to be a theme, and obviously that will have some uh, problems, uh, connections with Cadmus and DEO and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah, and uh, be it's always by fun. Floriana Lima, sorry
1: seeing all of these characters from the comics, you know, brought to life on screen. That is one thing that I I'm always disappointed by in the movies. And I guess they feel like they don't have the time. They you know even with Jimmy Olsen, they quickly introduced him in order to have him shot and killed. I don't know if that's a Zack Snyder, we need this dark thing or if they just did that as a shout out to the fans or what, but Jimmy Olsen's kind of a long-standing you know even if he's a side character, he's pretty important in the mythos and to just have him summarily dismissed like that uh, and 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 then in the movies, you know you don't have your ron troops, you don't have your cat grants you know you don't have you, you know the football guy is in the movie, but he, why no who man, even knows yeah. what well, you know why why he's there, but you know uh. There are other female characters that could have been instead of Jenny, who also gets to appear in Batman v Superman. And for some reason, they just they don't seem like they like to go there. But uh, starting with Smallville, we have gotten to see a number of uh, these peripheral characters appear on these shows, and I, I think that that's a big joy to people.
0: Mm, indeed. No, definitely. I agree with you there. So, uh, yeah, it is great to see these characters uh, being included in the TV world. Well, that's where things are at with the Supergirl uh, TV series. Season 2, as I said, kicks off Monday, October 10th at 8pm on The CW. Uh, We have uh, something else to look forward to, uh, probably not for a a while yet, but um, the Krypton TV pilot, which we know has been greenlit, and whether it will become a TV series, we don't know at this point in time. But Georgina Campbell has been cast in the role of Lyta Zod. I think we're pronouncing it Lyta, L-Y-T-A. Uh, She is the the main female character for the Krypton TV series. She's a British actress uh, who will be playing the lead female role, as I said, uh, described as a member of Krypton's military cast and the daughter of a general, Allura Zod. Lyta Zod serves as a cadet and has also been having a clandestine forbidden romance with the main character, Sedge L.
1: Cool. Yeah. It's like a soap opera on Krypton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a little bit. I guess that's uh, the way it will be probably portrayed to some extent. And the director, uh, Cole McCarthy, uh, has uh, has also made some comments uh, this past month uh, saying that with an interview with The Courier uh, from the UK, uh, talking about uh, the, uh, the story and uh, what kind of things we can expect from uh, the Krypton TV series, They've been scouting for locations, which is always interesting to you know for for an alien world to be able to come up with something that's uh, you know uh, familiar yet uh, alien. Uh, but um, it's uh, it's you know an it- interesting interview there with uh, the Courier, with Colm McCarthy, who is directing the pilot episode of Krypton, which uh, will be produced by Warner Horizon Television. And at this stage. Um, we don't know an exact air date for this pilot, but uh, we'll keep you informed. But it will be on Sci-Fi.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, listen, um, Sci-Fi doesn't have a great track record with, um, uh, I don't know if we should say good television, but um, it's definitely never really taken particularly seriously. There's a lot of goofy stuff, you know, uh, the shark movies, uh, the the Sharknado, Sharknado and yeah. that kind of stuff shows up on Sci-Fi all the time. And I don't know if the last couple of sci- science fiction television shows that they've put on have been any more serious or, or any better. But hopefully this is one that kind of stands out and doesn't fall into the same, you know, as Giant Spiders Attack My Grandmother and those types of <laughs> movies that they tend to often have on sci-fi. But... uh I'm excited anytime there's a Superman related project and I don't think, I don't feel like we have seen enough of Krypton in any of the versions that we've gotten. It's a little better in the man of steel movie, Mm -hmm. but we got to see some different versions on Smallville, Uh, you know, but, but a lot of just little, little clips and this show set to take place in its entirety on Krypton, even if we're not going to see a lot of, otherworldly stuff because it's still uh, probably on a cheap budget. The idea that we're going to learn more about their culture and the people there and and how the government works and how we eventually get to where we get to with Krypton is kind of interesting to me. And I, 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 it's why I love the last days of Krypton novel.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: I just love that. You know, a lot of people would say, well, if Superman's not in it, why would you even want to, but I find it very interesting and it adds more, a lot more to the mythos. And, and so hopefully this show takes that opportunity and, and uses it well um georgina campbell being cast it, it, something i noticed and i i know you know these days where everything is colorblind and nothing matters and it doesn't matter who you cast in any role and um I, i'm interested to see what the fallout will be when the inevitable Black Superman is eventually cast. Uh, but uh, unless I'm wrong, uh, she's uh, she is ethnic in some to some degree,
0: uh, uh, as from Aren't what I can all? tell by the picture. I'm sorry. Aren't we all?
1: Well, yes, but not white, <laughs> nah. uh, which uh, generally Zod. I'm only bringing it up because I don't think Zod uh, or his uh, family line, to the extent we've seen him, has ever been anything but. White and, uh, and for a lot of people, that's a good thing because again, it represents diversity. And we've got Perry now, we've got Jimmy, and it just seems like uh, all bets are off. I remember when I was in New York, and and I don't do it as much anymore, and I, I still want to get back into it. But you would see, and it wasn't it wasn't ever looked at as being racist or or discriminatory. I mean, but it was at its face, you know, it was discriminating against you from getting a role, but it w- they would have no problem in the in the trade books that you would pick up to look to see where there were auditions, it would say you know uh guy for George Washington needs to be this needs to be that and white would be in there and now you have musicals like Hamilton where everybody's there there are and you know and this is history so so we're not even talking about only fictional characters can be any from anywhere and from any race, but we also have. Even in history now, we're casting characters like Hamilton as Puerto Ricans and 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 all different types of foreign people that weren't what they were. So it's interesting, and I just pointed out because uh, with with Zod, it's it's another step in that direction. And apparently, um, I, I guess well, we're not going to see General Zod, the Zod we know, because I think we're way too you know just like we're not going to see Calle. Uh we're, we're too far back for that mm. but but that does say something for the imagination of what he might be in the future is the fact that we're we've cast uh, a, a a she seems uh, to be a black actress, which is fine again, just another show of how Things just don't seem to matter anymore, and I don't even know because I haven't looked in a while if they will list them that way anymore. But they never used to have a problem saying – they would even say things like, ugly girl wanted for – and <laughs> i go how hot. do you feel? <laughs> well, yeah, right. How do you feel when you look <laughs> – like, uh, well um, – and they call you. Uh, Listen, we think you'd be perfect for this role, and you go and you read it, and it's ugly person. <laughs> um, but but uh, it doesn't seem like that is even uh, part of their – saying anymore? but they don't even look at who or what it might have been and of course this is a character we've never seen so the mm. argument there could be well how we don't know this person so she could be anything
0: yeah and to be fair uh kryptonians i don't think un- uh, until uh probably uh more recently in the last 10 years have ever been shown to be other than anything other than white i think it was uh, it might have been a shock to people in 1978 uh, when zod had a british accent um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, at least sticking with do, that. Right? All
1: the Kryptonians uh, were all somehow British, <laughs> just like on Star Wars, they're all British on the Death Star and everything well, else. I mean,
0: let's be honest, the Kryptonian. Why should they have an American accent?
1: That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> or any <laughs> well, they be, accent. Of that you could
1: aspect. have all kinds of, uh, this, you know, talking about having diversity. It, just like back then, there should have probably been black people yeah. and Asian people and all kinds of people and all kinds of different dialects i always i thought and i mentioned this to you when man of steel was out i really wish that they would have done that whole opening sequence uh, with uh, subtitles like yeah. a kryptonian language and, and uh and subtitles i just think it would have been so much cooler because like you said why would anybody have an american or a british accent on krypton they're on another planet but mm. uh I, I think, guess they do the same think, thing on Star yeah, Trek. I
0: think I remember speaking to Christine Schreier, the uh, the the woman, the doctor who came up with the written language, and uh, she's spoken to us in some Kryptonian. Uh, they just didn't have the time, or bring that in early enough to be able to implement that as something that the actors could have learnt in time to to you know learn. Uh, Kryptonian language or create enough of the language to be able to have them do that in Man still. but that would have been interesting I agree I think uh, that would have been uh, a very cool thing
1: yeah um, I didn't really think of it that way the the you know I, I think about things like Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon or whatever where the entire movie is in subtitle but that's a real language that actually exists so it could be written pretty easily and of course the actors would have to learn it but in a movie like that most of the actors were of that land whether it was china or it was china or if it was japan but they already knew that language so you're right to 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 learn an entire language that doesn't really exist to write it to write the whole script that way and then to teach the actors to have that dialogue and how to pronounce it uh, would be a lot more than just having a subtitled movie because it was filmed in another country I, I was thinking you know movie fans definitely understand that sometimes they're going to see subtitles in a movie so why would it be such a big deal but that's in a movie where it was filmed in another country and is now brought over and subtitled because the country that it's brought to doesn't understand it in its native dialogue so it needs to have subtitles but Mm. to create a whole language to have everybody learn it and to write the whole script that way would be there would be a lot more complicated things that they would have to accomplish before they'd be able to do that so Indeed. that makes a lot more yet yeah, i never thought of it that way i'm glad that you said that because that makes a lot more sense to me
0: yep all right well let's move into comic book discussions and uh i know you haven't caught up on on some of these but uh, we'll jump in with superman number six and number seven which uh number six finishes the uh the story that uh has the eradicator in there and I'm not sure if you read number six, but uh, it's great to see that Crypto is back. I know that that was a problem for a lot of people. They thought Crypto had died, and there's Crypto in the background right now. So uh, uh, that's, uh, th- that's great to see Crypto back. Uh, I'm happy to, uh, to see that he returned. Uh, Superman was revealed to the world at the end of this one. Um, and uh, Superman introduced his son, John, uh, to Batman and Wonder Woman uh, as the new Superboy.
1: You know that was incredible timing. <laughs> that was that was fantastic. You know we've talked about this entire you know we've been talking for however long now, and about I don't an think a dog has come up one time. And and the moment you mentioned a dog, uh, this crazy animal is barking in the in the background. Uh, that was pretty good timing. I, I could we couldn't do that again if we if we planned for the dog to bark when you mentioned uh, crypto. Um, yeah, I mean obviously it's when you put a pet, and we already lost the cat to Jonathan's um, uh, inexperience earlier in the storyline. When you put another pet in there and you see that Crypto's there and he's in, in the fortress and he comes running out and he's immediately destroyed, or at least that's what we thought when we mm. read it the first time, then you're kind of like, well, geez, I, get, I guess pets aren't safe in this in this <laughs> new uh, uh, Superman universe. But, uh, it's yeah, obviously nice. Uh, nobody likes to see... Animals uh, get obliterated. So uh, it's nice that he's back, as you say. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I guess a much, from my point of view, a much more heartwarming ending than there was a beginning. Mm-hmm. And it seemed mm-hmm. to me that Superman dropped the ball along the way. Uh, you don't, if you're Superman and you know how dangerous your powers can be. You don't allow a child to reach the age of 10, almost 11, with these powers. And I know they only developed at the beginning of or at the end of the Lois and Clark story. Uh, And then just kind of let him wander around and not spend the time necessary to train him. And I'm still a little disappointed that we still didn't really get that. What we got instead was Jonathan wanting to fight by his father's side because he thought that Superman needed his help. And just getting in there and learning on the go. It wasn't really it still wasn't done in the way that i think a father that superman should be would allow it to have been done and i know we were just thrown into the story and superman had to get right to action and it's not like he had the time right then but there was a lot of time where they were sitting around the kitchen table as the whites uh, reading the newspaper and things where it seemed like they could have been out you know lazing pumpkins uh, with his eyes instead of Um, waiting until he burned up the cat and then showed up with a uniform, who the hell knows where he got it from, and just started fighting alongside of him. So I think there's a lot of incomplete areas in the story, and I think a lot of people are just very happy to have, quote-unquote, their version of Superman back, that they're much more willing to overlook the types of things that— they had a problem with with the new fifty two superman but but because it's um, b- back to the guy that they wish never went away it's a lot easier for them to accept things that seem to be missing to me
0: yeah I can understand what you're saying there and I don't know if um, you know we we did just kind of jump in straight with the, uh, the the eradicator story into this and there hasn't been a lot of time uh, for things and i I guess Jonathan's powers have been uh, kind of uh, instigated by, you know, what's been happening. They were kind of brought on, you know. I don't think they all, they really knew that they were there beforehand when you're saying they've been sitting around the kitchen table, you know, doing stuff. Uh, they seem to have kind of, uh, like when in the TV series Smallville, they seem to have been instigated by a particular event that not necessarily there from the start. So, you know, the heat... Yes, but then the what did Jonathan
1: changed. do? when When Clark was having his horny episodes and he was burning things, Jonathan, as soon as he found out about it, didn't blame him, took him outside and they learned him to control it, right? They learned him. They learned uh, him <laughs> <laughs> to control it so that he didn't go around burning people's cats alive, and that's what a father did. Uh, Superman just ignored that. The, the, the moment I'm talking about when they're sitting around the table is after the Lois and Clark story where Jonathan saves Lois by opening the burning flaming door and they fly out of there. At that point they all know that he now has powers that have developed And uh, and he's still sending him to his room and yelling at him as opposed to um, uh, spending days and time because he wasn't being full time Superman at that time, showing him how to use these powers. And and, uh, that's that's I think he had time for that, not in the middle of the story. No, but but there was time between Lois and Clark because we saw them when when Jonathan went outside and burned up the cat, Lois and Clark were inside just hanging out. Nothing was going on. They were just sitting there reading the paper and having breakfast, mm. and they had all day. Uh, that was at least one day there, and there were other days, you know, before and after that, before anything else happened. So, there's a little dro- ball dropping, and maybe it's not Superman since he's an imaginary, non-existent character. <laughs> maybe it's the writing. Yeah. And I'm just all I'm doing is p- trying to point out. I don't think it's devil's advocate so much as it's just trying to point out that we're not that much better than we were during the grounded storyline and before that when people were unhappy with the way the writing had been going and they just thought everything was floundering and nothing was really going on and the the stories were lackluster and then we had the new 52 where no one liked the change to begin with and then also the stories were kind of lackluster and there wasn't a lot of great things happening so now we have a number of great things that I think people like to see Doomsday and Eradicator and Crypto and, and Superman You know, being more, I guess positive and 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 similar to what they remember before the new 52 but we still have these these missing parts and and I think it's errors in writing that we had before that people were disappointed with back in the day and I think mm. the day was Wednesday.
0: <laughs> well, I think the uh I think the thing that people are enjoying the most is uh the more of the positive spin on things and the more up uh, hopeful and optimistic stories is that saying Again, And I think that continues in Superman number seven, where uh, after having, you know, done some super heroics, Superman uh, Clark comes home to Lois and Jonathan and says, look, you know, uh, I'm hanging up the cape for tonight. Uh, You know, we're going out to the Hamilton County Fair and we're just going to, you know, no Superman costume. I'm just going to, you know, uh, be the dad and we're just going to have fun together as a family. And, you know, there's some super heroics, but uh, in a, in a, uh, very smart fashion. He doesn't don the Superman costume. He, you know, uh, puts on something else and, and uh, stops these uh, thieves from uh, robbing the uh, the concession stand and uh, is still able to have fun with his family and uh, do all the things at the fair that they need to do. And it's just a nice kind of you know, home homegrown story where, you know, clark and lois and their son are going out having fun and there's a lot of kind of you know like side things that are happening that's uh quite entertaining and it's uh just a nice story uh superman number seven
1: now this is going to be me playing devil's advocate a little bit uh meanwhile somebody's parents are being murdered in an alley somewhere so that 20 years from now they can become a vengeful superhero oh, in order to avenge on. their parents and <laughs> superman's off enjoying a fair
0: well, he can't be Superman twenty four seven, and I think that's been a story that's been done so many, many, many times over the years. That he has to be Clark Kent. He can't save everybody. You know, how does he decide who gets saved, or when? When he has sleep, or when he has a meal, or you when know, he—he just—it just—just doesn't. You know, it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah, I guess I just uh, I, I, when it's when it's pointed out to me specifically, I'm just definitely not going to put this uniform, no matter what happens. I'm going to dress as anything else, or I'm going to stop anything else. So he's stopping some petty thieves from getting away with $20 in concessions. Meanwhile, uh, whole countries are being wiped out by tidal waves. But again, you say uh, it's happened over the years, and there's really no way around that unless you say uh, that's all he does. And probably, based on everybody's opinion of who Superman should be, most people argue that that uh, he would never give up and that he would never stop fighting and that he would always do the right thing. He probably shouldn't have a life outside of being Superman, but that's not who this character is. So there is a little bit of, uh, you know, again, it's devil's advocate, but it's also kind of pointing some things out. The idea that everybody kind of wants this perfect Superman and Henry Cavill's not it because he's too depressed in the movie and there's too many terrible things happening and it's too dark. Uh, But just, just, As it is on its own, he's such a selfish character that he's not out there 24-7 stopping tidal waves. So he's not this—and again, I think he's the perfect hero. He's my favorite. He's the greatest ever. Nobody's better. Uh, But he's not this perfect paragon of only doing the right thing for everybody else all the time. He just isn't.
0: He's going to be clock in. That's who he is, first and foremost. I mean, he's got a job as the, too. Like, who who's to say why does he you know become a reporter and why does he do all these things? Why does he work at the Daily Daily Planet? Why should, Why isn't he just 20, Superman twenty four seven? And I think we've had stories, as you said uh, many times, about you know uh, Superman ruler of the world, or uh, you know Superman, um, you know where he's you know sitting there with monitors at the fortress, just watching everything and trying to monitor everything and be there all the time, and it just doesn't work. There's got to be a balance, and I think. Uh, you know we've kind of all understood that, but yeah, as people say, you know he can't just be this perfect Superman that people expect. Uh, it just doesn't work. it's just it's just not a story that I don't think it, really anybody wants to read. I think we all like the whole Clark Kent side of things, and the you know, okay, he's not Clark Kent at the moment in the comic books, but he's still a a person outside of being just Superman.
1: That's the idea of the the conflict, the whole thought that you know on the one hand. He's got to, he's got to be a certain way. But on the other hand, when he's not that certain way, it's okay. But you don't really look at it most of the time. It's only when you want to criticize. So I don't know where exactly I was going with it, but the idea that. Um, he he could be a, a let's say a, a super surgeon a scientist a guy who found cures for aids and cancer and everything else and maybe that would save more lives i don't know hmm. but my 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 always argument was well cuz they say well why is he a reporter why is he with Lois? why is he waste time going to a baseball game with jimmy and my answer always was well because he wants to <laughs> yeah, i mean exactly he's got things he wants too just like we do that's right and you know you don't see even people who are great human beings who really go into public service and spend their, their their personal, their public lives and their professional lives doing everything they can to make other people's lives better, still have dinner with their family sometimes and still have downtime, no still have vacations, yeah. you know. So, uh, yes, uh, everybody thinks of him as being better than us and above us and above petty squabbles and more positive than us and more of a hero than any of us could ever be. But he's also very much like us, and I think... A lot of what happens in the Zack Snyder universe, the Man of Steel universe, the, the, the stuff that happens to him that brings him down and makes him say some things that sometimes fans don't recognize as something Superman would say, shows us more of this humanity. You can see it in him saying, I'm not going to be Superman today. We're going to go to the Hamilton Fair and we're just going to have a fair, good time. Or you can see it in him being upset that everyone seems to hate him even though he's doing everything he can do and he really feels like he's doing the right thing and he's trying to help but things are just going wrong there are ways to show that he has human emotions and that he has weaknesses in that manner the same way as we do and I think that it's the the same showing him at the fair with his family showing him saying I have to convince Batman or he has to die when we see through the movie that there was no intention of ever killing Batman otherwise Batman would be dead because Mm. it would have happened in seconds here we have. There was no intention of him expecting people to die. I mean, we don't go into it going, "Oh, now he knows there's people being killed, and he's here at the fair." Mm. No, he's just going to be a human, even though he's not actually human. He's having a human night out with his family, just like he did with Wonder Woman during the New Fifty Two, and they went to the club in Paris and they were dancing. They both were superheroes, and they could have been out they stopping other crimes, out. but they were they were on a vacation, and they were you know this is. This is what humanizes these godlike characters, showing their sad emotions, showing their anger, and showing them just having a good time and not always being business as usual as a superhero.
0: Exactly. Yeah, no, good point. All right, well, let's move into Action Comics. And Action Comics 963 is mostly about this Clark Kent, this powerless, uh, mysterious Clark Kent. We don't know who he is, where he comes from. We still don't know yet, but... uh, uh, Lex brought him up on stage, and he's you know interviewed on TV, and you know he uh, shows that he's not power, he's not doesn't he's not Superman in disguise. Someone tried to shoot at him. Uh, he's investigating this Geneticron place. Uh, there seems to be some kind of uh, a secret level that uh, he wants to try to get into. He talks with this tries to get an interview with the CEO, gets thrown off the roof, and then he's saved by Superman himself. Uh, which is an interesting, uh, oh, Sorry, that's 964 that one, uh, so no, it was 963, uh, I haven't actually read 964 because I don't believe it's come out yet, so unless I'm totally looking ahead, no, that was 963, yeah, so uh, 964, I'm trying to think, it probably comes out this coming week, which is why I haven't read it yet, I'm just looking at my calendar seeing why, uh, 964 comes out September 28th, which is the day that this is released. That's why I haven't read it yet.
1: What do you mean? You can't go into the future and read comics that haven't been released yet? What's wrong with you?
0: Yeah, it's not one of my powers.
1: Oh, boy, you're disappointed to the time-traveling <laughs> sect. Uh, use your Legion ring. Um, well, I like I like a good mystery. I'm I mean, I'm hoping that this Clark is somehow connected to um the new 52 version of superman that, that that somehow got separated from his powers or maybe got zapped into non-existence or or maybe somehow his human body is still around and he just lost his memories by whatever happened to him or maybe this is a completely different person altogether uh, i'm hoping that it's not and i and i'm hoping that this is clark from before
0: mm. We'll we'll have to wait and see because it's uh it's a very interesting mystery uh, still not sure where things are going there with Action Comics, but I'm enjoying that mystery and uh, the, you know, the fact that we don't know what's going on. Uh, it kind of leaves it a little bit open. So looking forward to the continuation of Action Comics with 964 and 965, which we'll be able to speak about in our next podcast. But moving on to a new title that uh, has been released this past month, and that was Supergirl. Supergirl number one came out uh, this past month. And in this uh, very interesting story, we've got the case where Kara uh, is uh, in school, in high school, at the National City Technical High School. Uh, she's uh, finding it very difficult. She's you know her powers are you know her, her knowledge of what's you know from Krypton and. She just seems to be, the technology the you know the backwards technology I guess compared to what she's used to having uh grown up on Krypton uh is really a stumbling block for her she's unable to kind of uh get her act together in that way but uh there's a uh a, an emergency that needs Supergirl's uh involvement on a train uh she goes into action she saves the day she uh you know she, she stops uh the, the criminals and uh cat grant isn't impressed because supergirl kara wasn't sanctioned uh to go into action as supergirl uh now that she's working for the DEO, she's only able to and allowed to uh go on uh you know supergirl feats when they tell her to that's part of the deal and she's not impressed by that she's not happy by it uh you know with the situation that's there uh she's living with the danvers who are her handlers if you like for the DEO. They've tried to set up a house or a room for her that kind of represents Krypton, but they're getting it wrong because you know it's, it's centuries before she was born that the designs that they're using. So she's kind of having a little bit of a tough time. But she heads to the fortress. She meets up with Superman. Um, you know, they they have a, a, a good conversation there. Uh, he gives her the key to the fortress says that, look you know you're you're more than welcome to come here anytime you want uh you know feel at home you've got the run of the place um you know and um so you know we uh we are left there but the final page sees the cyborg superman her father Zorrel back in her face
1: dun, dun, dun. <laughs>
0: So that's uh that's Supergirl number 1. Um uh, so uh that, uh is, is where things are at with that and uh you know it's uh it's the, you know the same Supergirl the same Kara but in a totally different situation now and uh with uh, you know a new set of um problems and uh in issues facing her so uh looking forward to seeing where this goes.
1: She also seems to be more accepting it's almost like the situation I was talking about For the Supergirl show that unless they cover it and she apologizes or she realizes that she was wrong before or whatever, um, if we all just look back to three or four years ago, whenever it was when all this started with the new 52, even though we're told in the pages of Supergirl that she's only been around for a few months, which means the whole new 52 debacle only lasted a couple of months Uh, We look back over those months and her actual cousin, the new 52 Superman, she fought with almost every time they came together. I mean, fistfighted, punched, threw around, kicked, hurt, tried to kill. Um, And now this guy who she doesn't know from Adam, uh, she's closer to, more friendly with, more family-like relationship with him, having only met him just now and not even knowing who he really is just after her real cousin her real relative from her krypton uh, has been killed and she seems okay and normal and fine and no one mentions it and it's it's all right i'm i'm interested in in the and again we're in a new continuity now but the idea that that they're they're keeping the same Kara or Kara from the new 52 but getting rid of the old 52 the new 52's superman what's the implication here that she suddenly is super comfortable and not such a, uh, a mean person who wants to fight Superman at every turn.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, we didn't even think about that, uh, until you mentioned it, you know, the whole, uh, it's not her Superman, not her cousin situation hasn't really been brought up and it's only been the first issue, but you think that would be something that though would, uh, would be a major sticking point for her. But, uh, yeah, we only are in the first issue, so uh, let's see if that is explained uh, in the coming uh, in the coming months. Well,
1: again, I hope they're not just going to gloss over, over it yeah. and, and hope we forget and suddenly re- realize that this is the real Superman and there never was another. Uh, because even if you are happy that, quote-unquote, your version of Superman is back for this world and for the heroes of this world and the people of this world and Supergirl in particular as it's brought up since this is Supergirl number one – this guy is an imposter. He may be kinda like Superman. He may look you know dress like he does. He may do the kind of things that he does. Um but but my you know uh, if I'm supergirl, my Superman, the guy I wanted to punch in the chin every time I saw him. Uh, is now dead and and you're just some guy that's here. And Batman should feel the same way. Wonder Woman should feel the same way. They should all feel the same way. So unless the plan here is for the Watchmen to somehow grind everything together so that everyone forgets and that these are the only versions we ever knew and uh, everybody thinks they are what we want them to be, this is gonna be a problem forever unless they just expect us to forget and maybe people have and, and don't even care because they're just happy with the way the stories are going now. But uh, it, it I think about it the whole time and my head like threatens to explode while I'm reading because <laughs> oh, we're gonna make this easier and we're gonna you know, it's the same when we launch the new 52. We're gonna make it more accessible for new fans and things. But we have more confusion going on once again because of all of these things they're still trying to keep intact meanwhile rebooting other things but still trying to keep them all in the same universe together so it's it's a little uh, it's a little bothersome for me. Mm. Um I'm, I I wonder and I've said this before why when they have a a running TV show and you're and especially when you're brand new launching number 1 of a of a comic why wouldn't you and they have to some degree but why wouldn't you have as many similarities to the tv show as you could to to make it more accessible to people who are watching the tv show and might want to see what the comic's about well i really like the show i'm I'm a little girl i'd like to read too you know what well, you're now you're reading and you go where's alex where's where's her sister where's you know this or that where how come why couldn't things be more similar since they're relaunching and changed everything up and, and introduced the Danvers who were never there before and, and, and the, the DEO and all that stuff?
0: Yeah, good point. I mean, I, they did have that uh, Adventures of Supergirl comic book that was episodes within episodes, you know, between episodes or stories between episodes, if you like, uh, which only ran for 13 digital chapters. But uh, uh, I guess they're trying to mesh both you know the continuity that exists continuity that exists in the comic books and has in the new 52 with what's been going on in the tv world so that there are some similarities that people can latch onto, but they're they're not exactly the same because physically it's probably impossible you know jimmy doesn't look the same isn't working at the d at uh in national city um you know cat grant isn't where cat grant was in in the, uh, the in the tv show uh you know there are uh, the Martian Manhunter doesn't exist in National City the way he does in the TV show so I guess there are too many uh diverging uh, you know plot points in the TV series that just don't drive with what's happening in the comic books and has been happening in the comic books for a while now.
1: But certain ones could because certain there's no could. Alex yeah. you could have created, you know there could still be an will. Alex.
0: Maybe they do bring her in, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But uh you talked you mentioned uh Superman uh, Batman and Wonder Woman and whether or not they would uh, be, uh, you know, um, so accommodating of this new Superman, and that's the uh, the story that's uh, being written about in Trinity Number One, the new another new title that has been released uh, this past month. And uh, in this particular comic book, uh, Lois invites Bruce Wayne and Diana Prince to their uh, home, uh, unbeknownst to Clark and invites them to dinner to, you know, she says, you know, this is long overdue. You guys need to, you know, sit down and, and you know, uh, work with each other and, and, you know, get to know each other because, you know, like it or not, you are the Superman now that is uh, in this world. And, um, you know, you need to work with the two people that you trusted most uh, in your own uh, capacity as Superman. And uh, so uh, they're invited to dinner. They sit down, you know, Diana's uh, and, and Lois, uh, really uh, form a really great relationship here and, you know, kind of, you know, get that awkwardness out of the air, you know, out in the open straight away about, you know, I, knew, I know that the Superman that you had was, you know, your uh, you had a relationship with him. You know, he this says, my husband, is that awkward for you? And she says, look, it's not the same Superman, I understand. Blah, 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 blah. Batman's un- not very trusting of this su- new Superman as you'd expect. And uh, it's just a really good story just to, you know, kind of get these three characters together and in the one place and uh, learning from each other and starting to trust one another because they will have to work with one another as, uh, you know, their relationships grow.
1: I like the page that they cut where Batman says, well, now that you've proven you know our identities, you have to die. (laughs) (laughs) Because normally that's a big deal, but no one seems to care.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, he knows from his own knowledge that you know uh, who these characters are from his own world, and so um, you know, it's and it's, it's obviously they knew uh, Clark Kent was Superman themselves in their own world, so it's not something that. Uh, but Lois
1: and Jonathan knowing now everybody's secret identities or whatever.
0: Uh, yeah, good point. I didn't. You know, Jonathan, maybe that's. Uh, Oh, well, he's got to keep his own dad's secret, so I guess it's, you know, uh, it's just part and parcel of what superhero families have to do.
1: That's right. Yeah, uh, I know quite a few superhero families, and <laughs> that is the way it works. So, you're right about that.
0: Now, just quickly, uh, Superwoman number two is also was also out this past month, and uh, this is an interesting one because everybody, you know, Superwoman, the title itself was, you know, Lois as. You know, with superpowers, but Lois died in the very first issue, and yeah, it's still an ongoing thing about who, how she died, and why she died, and Lana, who is the other Superwoman, trying to come to grips with that, and her relationship with Steel, and her relationship with Lex, and what's happening with Lex, and and at the end of the book, we're introduced to Lena Luthor, who is uh, the villain behind the story uh, in this particular uh, arc, and uh, it's all quite a little bit confusing at the moment, but. yeah, it just kind of interested to see where this goes and whether Lois is introduced somehow or whether she's gone for good. Yeah, I, I
1: mean we talked about this last time, and I, I we both assumed that uh, she must be coming back because that was the solicits for six months telling us about Lois as a uh, uh, Superwoman. Hours, yeah. So you know um, it would be kind of unusual unless that was a whole thing just to throw us off uh, because there is a new. There's another Lois now, so just like this other Clark is kind of confusing and Clark hasn't taken back his name yet and he's not working at the planet yet. These are things that I think fans will are hoping to eventually see that he's going to, you know, don the Clark uniform again and, and go back to work and be Clark and be on the beat and be doing those kinds of things. So having another Clark is, is kind of in the way of that. And, and now uh, the idea that Lois could be gone is kind of fixing the problem that they had two Loises when the universe is merged. And Mm. now there's only one Lois Lane again, and maybe she'll eventually get back to the planet and, and get to working and and being the way Lois would, you know, the way we expect Lois is going to be. And therefore they needed to kind of mislead us because they didn't want to ruin the whole plot, whatever it is that they're planning on doing. So they had to make it seem like Lois was going to be Superwoman, and now uh, we have Lana being Superwoman, and this will be the Lana that we continue with in this universe. The other Lana didn't come through like the other mm-hmm. Lois came through. So, uh, it, Lana being Superwoman here is okay because there's not another Lana sitting somewhere waiting to be the the Lana like mm-hmm. like like Lois might be waiting to be. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. Again, it's uh, you know they've always kind of had, or at least. In different continuities, sometimes there's an Earth 2 comic, or sometimes there's a yeah. JSA comic that exists in an alternate timeline, or whatever. Uh, but now they kind of have a lot of these characters existing in the same space, and I think that's where this little twist with the Watchmen, or whatever these people are that are still checking them out, is going to go eventually. But in the meantime, it's a bit confusing. I would think would be confusing for the characters in the story as well and not just for we readers but yeah. uh, no one seems to care. In the story <laughs> they just ah, oh whatever. <laughs> no there, <laughs> there's another me, there's another you, there's a, whatever.
0: Does seem to be uh they 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 are bringing it up and they are confronting it especially with the Lois slains and with Wonder Woman and with Superman and with having you but uh yeah it does get glossed over a little bit like we said with the Supergirl comic book but uh uh this uh, with Lana's situation it, it, it is adding an uh a different element to her relationship with Steel. As we know, they were a couple. And uh, now that they're both superheroes, it's kind of adding a little bit of a different flavour for what's going on there as a couple for them. So uh, it's an interesting twist. And we'll wait to see what happens with the the Supergirl comic... Sorry, Superwoman comic moving forward. But uh, DC Comics have announced a new Supergirl miniseries. And this is not in continuity. It's uh, a totally different... uh, story about, uh, of Kara zor her earliest days on Earth. Uh, it's going to be a four-issue miniseries titled Supergirl Being Super, which will be penned by award-winning writer Mariko Tamaki and with art by Joel Jones. Um, and uh, we're looking for this to be released uh, in December, late December, 28th of December, the first issue of this four-part miniseries will be released. Uh, obviously jumping on the Supergirl bandwagon with everything happening with the TV series, but... Uh, with the rebirth era having just been launched, uh, I wonder if it's really necessary to have a new out of continuity Supergirl story. Well, I'm
1: sure it's, I, I don't know that it's necessary, but every once in a while there's always a Superman miniseries, another story that's out yeah. of continuity, you know, the Max um, Landis one being the latest, yeah. the most recent one that I remember. Um Uh, over the years there's been uh, what was that alien crash landing one that was a couple of books and then there was um you know not necessarily a new origin every time but just a story and adventure that takes place somewhere else or i don't know if this is going to be another origin but uh, if it's just an outside of continuity standalone supergirl story it's uh, it's just as welcome to me as As a miniseries starring Superman or or anybody else, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. so that's a four-issue miniseries uh, starting in December. So looking forward to that. Now, uh, beyond that, um, I guess the only thing I really want to make mention of uh, before a bit of a serious uh, story is the McDonald's toys that are out now for Justice League action and DC Superhero Girls. Uh, with your Happy Meals in the U.S., you can uh, get these Justice League action and DC superhero toys, a uh, DC superhero girls toys. Uh, you don't have to, if you're not a person who wants to eat McDonald's, you can go up and, and ask to, to purchase the uh, the toys themselves. You don't have to buy the Happy Meal, I believe. So uh, they are out the out at the moment. Uh, we don't know yet when Justice League action will premiere on Cartoon Network. Uh, we did have Jason J. Lewis, the, uh, the voice of Superman for Justice League Action, on our live radio KAL program a couple of weeks back. Uh, a great guest, uh, an awesome guy. Uh, he's really uh, keen to keep up with us on what's happening with Justice League Action. He thinks it might be mid-October, but there's no official uh, uh, premiere date for Justice League Action, the new quarter-hour animated series on Cardo Network. But we'll uh, keep you posted. But in the meantime, you can collect the toys from McDonald's.
1: I think it's awesome that you had him on, and uh, that you're able to get guests like that, and that they want to talk. And and uh, you know, I think it's great that that there's some, you know, and that's good too because that means somebody knew about it and pointed him in the right direction, or, or, or you know, marketing for the show did, or maybe he just loves the site and and wanted to come on, and I don't know. But uh, that's. Really cool. I have here in front of me the two McDonald's Super-related cool. toys. I have the Supergirl, uh, Superhero Girls doll, and I have the Superman. He seems to be in a flying pose. I'm yep. not really sure. There's no base, so I don't really know what you would uh, just lay him on the ground here.
2: <laughs> so he just lays
1: flat on his stomach and looks like a seal. But um, here they are, and I have them. And yes, I was able to buy them without buying Happy Meals. So you can, in fact, go ahead and do that.
0: How much did they cost you without uh, having to buy the meals?
1: I'm not sure uh, what the cost was actually. I just I because I did buy some food, and uh, my total was like ten bucks or eleven bucks. And I got a five dollar item, and I got fries, and I got a drink. So. <laughs> um, so the so probably not much maybe even probably a dollar, dollar piece yeah. or 2 dollars or something like yeah. that but uh you know the the you know as far as dolls go the doll is actually it looks like her arms well no they don't well that one's moving i was seeing if her arms would move this one arm seems to be permanent and the other arm twists <laughs> but i was thinking it was a, her head moves and she's kind of in a position where you could stand her up or you could fly her around Whereas the Superman thing, like I said, just looks like it lays there like a slug. But um, it doesn't seem like a bad little collector type of toy. I know uh, a lot of times you tend to get a lot of junk, especially if you're a parent and your kids bring it and it's just all over the house and it's everywhere and uh, they want it so badly. And then it's gone within moments somewhere mixed in with all the (laughs) other stuff. So, uh, but these uh, I I have, uh, I stopped to get, and uh, the first time I went, I wanted to ask and I couldn't bring myself to do it. (laughs) And then I went back a second time and I said, I'm going to ask. And I did. And they happened to have the two, super-themed ones, so I got them.
0: Very good. There's also a super cool headband that uh, your you girls might like. Mm,
1: well, you know, uh, they get Happy Meals every once in a while, so you never know. Uh, we'll see if they can get one in there.
0: There you go. Okay, well, as like I said, the only other thing I wanted to make mention of was the public memorial for Noel Neal. As you know, she passed away uh, not that long ago. And on Saturday, November 5th, they'll be honouring the life and career of the late Noelle Neal. Uh, obviously best known for her role as Lois Lane in the 1950s TV series, but involved in so many other aspects of the Superman mythos. Uh, The event will be held, appropriately enough, in the southern Illinois town of Metropolis, where Noelle was present for her 2010 dedication of the statue of Lois Lane, modelled after her likeness, and where she was the first lady of Metropolis for many years at the Superman celebration. Uh, As you know, Noelle passed away of natural causes on July 3rd, uh, in Tucson, Arizona. She was 95. And there are uh, scheduled speakers and presenters uh, that will be there uh, at the public memorial. Uh, I was invited to speak at the event. Sadly, I won't be able to make it to Metropolis, Illinois, but I have submitted uh, a video uh, message, a tribute, a uh, contribution that will be uh, played there at the memorial, uh, which I was very honoured to do and, and very glad to have be able to participate that, in that and as I said, that will be on Saturday, November fifth, in Metropolis, Illinois. Uh, if you're in the area or want to attend,
1: mm, excellent! Uh, congratulations on being uh, asked, and uh, uh, it's nice of you to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was uh, thrilled and honoured, uh, and very felt very privileged to have been asked, and uh, uh, had a, a wonderful relationship with Noel. Uh, a few times I got to meet her, but uh, we, you know, we shared correspondence and Christmas cards and things over the, what was it, 13 years that we'd knowing each other. So um, uh, I was, uh, you know, felt very honoured to have been asked by Larry Ward to participate in that and uh, submitted my video for them uh, to play at that memorial, as I said, November 5th. All right, let's move into the big question segment of our show.
2: Let's start with the big question
1: last month's big question was what do you think of Tyler Hoechlin as Superman is it Hoechlin Hoechlin yeah okay good Hoechlin what do you think of as no what do you think of Tyler Hoechlin as Superman
0: yes who we have first up
1: Guthrie McClain wrote, he looks the part. I hope we see a crossover with Tyler Hoechlin, Superman, and other DC TV shows. I like the suit just fine. What I'm not f- fond of is the cape cuffs. I've always wanted to see some version of the S logo attached to the cape. That said, the cape looks great and the classic S logo. Love the bright colors. But the main thing I'm happy with most is that Superman's suit doesn't look too similar to Kara's. And I'm glad to Kara's. And I'm glad that both of the suits stand alone
0: yeah interesting uh some people have commented that they they think that the s's should have been the same i think you're of that opinion too but uh i i think that s is fantastic for this particular version of superman uh yes the cape cuffs the way they join on the shoulders is the one thing that really bothers me
1: well it's a little unusual look but um if you remember the most recent incarnation of a series to use the uniform on a regular basis and actually have the actor wear it was the Dean Cain show mm. and his uniform was appended many times. Yes, uh, the, the original changed from, you know, I like the, 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 I think one of the earliest ones where the Cape came over and it was up on his shoulders a bit. And there was a straight line across the shoulder blades that, mm-hmm. that marked the opening of the uniform and the, and the S logo. Uh, they changed that to kind of a tucked in at the neck look, uh, so uh, I don't know what how much of a an ongoing role Superman is going to have, but they seem to have put a lot of time into this, a lot of effort into casting, a lot of effort into advertising he's going to be on. As far as we know, I think it's a two-parter to start the yep. season, and then he'll probably come back throughout every once in a while and maybe more as we go on we'll see it's still a supergirl show where she's the star Uh, maybe uh, we'll see more of him as we go on and maybe the uniform will uh, adjust a bit as they decide uh, what looks best or what works best
0: yeah interesting when they have that shirt rip as you see him running down the thing that you can it's obvious that the cape cuff things the joints aren't there under the suit under his (laughs) Clark Kent costume so obviously they're cumbersome but uh yeah anyway moving on uh Giles Savage Jr. says I think he will do a good job I'm curious to see what will will really be is his involvement in the series it'll be fun if uh, it would bring uh the the Starman storyline in uh in which uh Starman Jack Knight who gave the way to Kal-El's father who gave the way to kal father for Earth that would be great uh thank you for a great podcast every month thank you Giles uh very difficult to read that particular message. (laughs) Uh,
1: Christopher Miran wrote, at first I was questioning the age difference between him and Melissa Benoist but then I remembered an episode of Lois and Clark where Dr. Hamilton mentioned that Superman's aging would start out normal but then slow as he got older. This could explain why he still looks roughly the same age although I'm sure I'm just thinking about it too much already. Any other opinions I'll hold out for when we actually get to see him in action again. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. I I said some of the very same things. I said that He seemed like he was awfully young, and I thought maybe it was going to be him in the pod from another alternate universe where he hadn't arrived on on earth yet and that maybe she was going to train him i'm still not certain that she's not going to be doing some training of him i'm uh waiting to see how that goes but i totally agree that they both do look about the same age he looks very very young and he's supposed to have been here in operation for over 10 years and she was a little girl when he found her as superman so uh you would think if at least the way we think about age in human years he would look older maybe have some gray hair uh, but he's not a human, and he is a Kryptonian, and he probably doesn't age anywhere near uh, the way we do.
0: Mm. Hector, he writes, uh, Hello, at first I liked the choice that uh, he is great. Uh, cause he, I was, he was great in Teen Wolf, the TV show, but then I saw the first photo of him in the suit, and I was laughing. But then when they released more pictures and video came around, I started to like him a bit more as Superman. Of course, he's not Tom Welling, but we have to give him a chance to prove to us that he can play Superman. Well... Uh, I agree. Uh, you have to give him a chance, and no, he's not Tom Welling. And uh, personally, I think that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: Well, let's see uh, if he can perfect the deer and headlights look that Tom Welling managed to uh, accomplish on such a regular basis. Henry Bernstein wrote, I know nothing about his acting, but I think he looks great. I like the slim Superman version. It reminds me of Reeve or Routh. I like the costume for the most part, but I do not like the weird shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me too much of the failed Dean Cain shoulder pads from the TV Guide cover and one episode of Lois Clark. Overall, I'm super excited that Superman is going to be on TV for the first time in a long time. Could we get a new series out of this? Who knows? Quick it quick. does seem like the shoulder pads are, uh, mo- and they're not really shoulder pads, but those attachments do mm. seem to be everyone's Seeking point minor gripe. Yes. So uh, <laughs> at least we all we're all in about the same, uh, uh, you know, field. There, I'm really surprised they didn't go with the trunks, uh, since everybody's so down on on uh, the uh, the lack of trunks. Oh. Uh, and this is kind of a, you know, lighter, goofier, cheesier version. So I would think the trunks would fit right in, but uh, they're staying away from it for now. So, yeah, uh, indeed. We'll see what happens. Patrick O'Neill.
0: Yeah, he has was our uh, next thing. Yeah, he was our great sponsor. He's uh, written in saying, Tyler certainly looks the part of Superman, and I'm excited to see him in the role. As far as the suit goes, outside of the S shield, which looks great, I think the suit is a disaster. It looks cheap to me. The boots look clunky, for <laughs> a lack of a better word. And the cape looks like plastic. It just looks off the way it attaches over the shoulder there's another one i 'm hoping it will look better in action on the show in the pictures uh, than in the pictures, regardless i'm still very excited to see Superman to, uh, on the show um, uh, Having watched the trailer and things like that, uh, it kind of does you know start to uh, disappear a little bit, but it still is uh, you know uh, a little bit too obvious to me those shoulder pad things.
1: Well, any of the standing shots are where he's just talking to her. They do look odd. Um, I'm sure it sounds like Patrick wrote this uh, in the beginning of the month before we got a lot of the video that we're getting. I will say, as in most cases, it does look better when he's flying around and doing super things uh, than it does uh, just, uh, just being on him in a standstill picture. But, mm. yeah, they are, they are still clunky.
0: Okay, new big question. What is it for this month?
1: Which new character are you looking forward to seeing in season two of Supergirl and why? Hmm.
0: Yeah, well, there are I... a lot of new characters coming in. There's, you know, Monel, there's Maggie Sawyer, there's the the U.S. president played by um, Linda Carter. Linda Carter. Yep. There's, uh, let's see who else. We've got uh, Miss Martian, we've got Snapper Carr. We've got a number of new characters coming in for season two. Seems like a lot of new characters, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody uh, out of all of those or any others that you might not have mentioned in that list just now would stand out above all of those in any capacity that maybe we would have an overabundance of people looking forward to that character appearing uh, on screen. Uh, nobody at all could possibly. <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, maybe we should have reworded it. Who I, other than Superman, who are you looking forward to seeing in season two of Superman? There
1: we go. I thought maybe you wanted everyone to say uh, Superman. I didn't know. Uh, I actually wasn't making fun of the question as much as I was saying I think we're going to get a lot of the
0: same answers. Yeah.
1: But uh, yes, okay. So other than Superman. Which new character? There we go.
0: There you go. Now to get involved with the Big Question segment of the show, you can find the Big Question button at our Radio KAL podcast page. Simply go to supermanhomepage.com radio and you'll find the big question button where you can fill in the form and send in your answer to this new big question and we'll read them out in our next podcast at the end of October.
2: I'm laughing at you, you hear? Laughing!
0: And now
1: I think it's time for the Superman comedy sketch.
0: Yes, indeed. We have... A comedy sketch from Action Figure Comedy's YouTube channel. It's titled, Never Buy Kryptonite on eBay.
2: Superman, feel the deadly sting of kryptonite. Die knowing that I, Lex Luthor, defeated you. Um, I don't feel anything. What? You didn't buy kryptonite off eBay again, did you, Lex? Well, yes, but... (sighs) I can't believe it. I paid $10,000 for this worthless piece of rock. Green spray painted piece of rock. The seller even made me pay $100 for shipping and handling. These guys always get you with the shipping and handling. Who'd you buy it from? I bought it from B Wayne27. Yes, he did. Well, B Wayne27, you're going to rue the day you crossed Lex Luthor. I'm going to leave negative feedback on his eBay seller profile. That will teach him. Good for you, Lex. Fraud should be punished. Yeah, you see sanctimonious goody two-shoes i suppose you're going to take me to jail now whoa luther didn't see that coming of course right after i beat you to a bloody pulp for trying to murder me Uh Ah, 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 uh-oh i need to go home and change my ebay profile while i can it's really important to me Ah,
0: well there you have it that's the sketch for this month uh thank you to i think patrick found that for us somebody posted it On our Facebook page and uh, sent it in just in time ahead of our podcast recording. So we were able to include that in this month's podcast. And yes, don't buy Kryptonite off eBay, Lex.
1: I definitely learned that from that sketch. That's (laughs) a lesson well learned. All right, let's
0: (laughs) move into the super secret soundbite. Only one thing alive
1: with
3: less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman. And that's you.
1: Last month's sound came from the Superboy episode titled Superboy's Super Dilemma from the New Adventures of Superman 1966 cartoons. Uh, Let's hear that sound again.
0: Keepers, look at that crypto. Come on, let's go in. That was the sound, and uh, you didn't necessarily have to know which particular episode of the New Adventures of Superman Superboy cartoon. ...that appeared in, but we just thought would be complete and give you the exact answer. But uh, four people guessed it correctly and knew that it was from the Superboy cartoons. Who were they, Scotty?
1: They were Rick Ruiz, David Huang, Patrick O'Neill, and Maury Hilder. I don't think I've heard Maury's name before.
0: No, and it's great to get a new person in the Super Secret Soundbite uh, correct list. So uh, well done to those four people. Here's our new sound for this month. Let's see if those people and more can guess where in the world of Superman this sound comes from.
3: I'll tell you, nobody's ever going to trust that again.
0: Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that particular secret soundbite came from, then use the Super Secret Soundbite entry form found at the Radio KL Podcast page to send your entry. And as I said, that's at supermanhomepage.com slash radio. And we'll read out the list of people who get it correct in our next podcast any any ideas scotty don't give it away
1: well uh you know i'm thinking maybe um from the new justice league movie coming out a couple of years from now
0: wow and another another time travel one
1: yeah absolutely i I hear all these sounds in the future before they're out
0: (laughs) are they the with the voices in your head
1: uh, those are separate.
0: They don't <laughs> get along well. Very good. All right, let's move into our Superman song segment.
1: Uh, the Superman song this month is Even Superman by Ryan Shoop and the Rubber Band from their 2005 album, Dream Big. And you can check them out at www.shoop.net.
0: Yes, here is Even Superman by Ryan Shoup and the Rubber Band.
3: And when he saw her face He thought that nothing could go wrong And then he saw her smile He used to be so very strong even x-ray eyes could not be light. everybody loves and everybody falls and everybody everybody feels his way cause even superman has stripped the night and though he tries with all his might cause even superman falls to his knees begging please 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 begging please Lois Lane feels safe Because he's flying up above But would he save the world world? And never hold his one true love Then she had a dream And woke up with a scream Saying everybody hurts and everybody falls And everybody, everybody feels his way Cause even Superman has to deny Bag of- Or saw. Not his weakness made him strong. The diabolic plan, the diabolic plan, was in effect before too long. Cause even giants fall, and every dog eventually has its steel and Achilles has a heel, and even bones of steel can break, and even Superman, even Superman. Superman has stripped the night, and though he tries with all his might, even Superman falls to his knees. Begging, please, 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 to see the Superman has stripped the night, and though he tries With All his might, even Superman falls to his knees. Begging, please, 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 to Superman.
0: It that was the song, and that is our show. Nice lengthy one today uh, for this month. Uh, It's uh, look, it's been great to be able to you know chat with you and talk to you about all these different things that have been happening in the world of Superman. But remember, if you do have a suggestion for our podcast, you think there's something we need to be talking about, something we're missing, something that you really want to add to the show, then you can use the KAL feedback form found at the Radio KAL webpage to send those suggestions to us or you can email us. My email address is Steve at Supermanhomepage dot com. You can email Scotty. His email address is Scotty at Supermanhomepage.com. Maybe there's a topic you think we need to discuss, a song you'd like to request. Maybe there's a um, a big question you'd like us to pose to the fans. Anything about our show that you want to get in touch with us about, we're only too happy to hear from you. But for now, that is our show. Thank you, Scotty.
1: Thank you, Steve, and thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, even if you're the shortest guy in the room, always look up at the sky.
0: You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill.